Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you. My name is Terrence M. Stanton, and this is being recorded on Monday, February 21st, 2022. And we are going to begin with the second day of the Holy Face Novena. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Dear Lord, through the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, we offer these prayers in reparation for the sins which offend God the most in these modern times, the sins of blasphemy, the profanation of Sunday, and holy days of obligation and communism. Pater noster, quia sinceles sanctificator nomen tuam, adveniat regnum tuam, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum de nobis hodie, et dimitid nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitibus debitoribus nostris, et nenos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc, et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto. Sicut erat in principio et nuc, et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. The Golden Arrow Prayer. Dictated by our Lord to Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre, in reparation for blasphemy. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most mysterious and unutterable name of God be praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in the hells, by all God's creatures and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. After receiving this prayer, Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre was given a vision in which she saw the sacred heart of Jesus delightfully wounded by the golden arrows as torrents of graces streamed from it for the conversion of sinners. Litany of the Holy Face, composed by Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre, approved by Monsignor Morlot, Archbishop of Tours, 1847, granted 100 days indulgence by Pope Pius IX, January 27, 1853. In reparation for blasphemies, for the conversion of sinners, in particular blasphemers, and for asking of God any grace whatsoever, and I'd like to pray for the spiritual and temporal welfare of Pope Francis. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. Holy Virgin Mary, pray for us. O adorable face, which was adored with profound respect by Mary and Joseph, when they saw thee for the first time, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which in the stable of Bethlehem didst ravish with joy the angels, the shepherds, and the magi, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which in the temple didst transpierce with the dart of love, the saintly old man Simeon and the prophetess Anna, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which was bathed in tears in thy holy infancy, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which when thou didst appear in the temple at twelve years of age, didst fill with admiration the doctors of the law, have mercy on us. O adorable face, white with purity and ruddy with charity, have mercy on us. O adorable face, more beautiful than the sun, more lovely than the moon, more brilliant than the stars, have mercy on us. O adorable face, fresher than the roses of spring, have mercy on us. O adorable face, more precious than gold, Silver and diamonds, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose charms are so ravishing and whose grace is so attractive, have mercy on us. 
O adorable face whose every feature is characterized by nobility, have mercy on us. O adorable face contemplated by angels, have mercy on us. O adorable face, sweet delectation of the saints, have mercy on us. O adorable face, masterpiece of the Holy Ghost, in which the Eternal Father is well pleased, have mercy on us. O adorable face, delight of Mary and of Joseph, have mercy on us. O adorable face, ineffable mirror of the divine perfections, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose beauty is always ancient and always new, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which appeases the wrath of God, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which makest the devils tremble, have mercy on us. O adorable face, treasure of graces and of blessings, have mercy on us. O adorable face, exposed in the desert to the inclemencies of the weather, have mercy on us. O adorable face, scorched with the heat of the sun and bathed with sweat in thy journeys, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose expression is all divine, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose modesty and sweetness attracted both the just and sinners, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which gave a holy kiss to the little children after having blessed them, have mercy on us. O adorable face, troubled and weeping at the tomb of Lazarus, have mercy on us. O adorable face, brilliant as the sun and radiant with glory on Mount Tabor, have mercy on us. O adorable face, sorrowful at the sight of Jerusalem and shedding tears on that ungrateful city, have mercy on us. O adorable face, bowed to the earth in the Garden of Olives and covered with confusion for our sins, have mercy on us. O adorable face, bathed in bloody sweat, have mercy on us. O adorable face, kissed by the traitor Judas, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose sanctity and majesty smote the soldiers with fear and cast them to the ground, have mercy on us. O adorable face, struck by a vile servant, shamefully blindfolded and profaned by the sacrilegious hands of thine enemies, have mercy on us. O adorable face, defiled with spittle and bruised by innumerable buffets and blows, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose divine look wounded the heart of St. Peter with a dart of sorrow and love, have mercy on us. O adorable face, humbled for us at the tribunals of Jerusalem, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which didst preserve thy serenity when Pilate pronounced the fatal sentence, have mercy on us. O adorable face, covered with sweat and blood and falling in the mire under the heavy weight of the cross, have mercy on us. O adorable face, worthy of all our respect, veneration, and worship, have mercy on us. O adorable face, wiped with a veil by a pious woman on the road to Calvary, have mercy on us. O adorable face, raised on the instrument of most shameful punishment, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose brow was crowned with thorns, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose eyes were filled with tears of blood, have mercy on us. O adorable face, into whose mouth was poured gall and vinegar, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose hair and beard were plucked by the executioners, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which was made like to that of a leper, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose incomparable beauty was obscured under the dreadful cloud of the sins of the world, have mercy on us. O adorable face, covered with the, sa with the sad shades of death, have mercy on us. O adorable face, washed and anointed by Mary and the holy women and wrapped in a shroud, have mercy on us. O adorable face, enclosed in the sepulcher, have mercy on us. O adorable face, all resplendent with glory and beauty on the day of thy resurrection, have mercy on us. O adorable face, all dazzling with light at the moment of thy ascension, have mercy on us. O adorable face, hidden in the Eucharist, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which wilt appear at the end of time in the clouds with great power and majesty, have mercy on us. 
O adorable face, which will cause sinners to tremble, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which will fill the just with joy for all eternity, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Prayer. I salute thee, I adore thee, and I love thee, O adorable face of Jesus, my beloved, noble seal of the divinity. With all the powers of my soul, I apply myself to thee and most humbly pray thee to imprint in us all the features of thy divine likeness. Amen. Aspirations. O God, show us thy face and we shall be saved. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee from before thy face. Eternal Father, I offer thee the adorable face of thy well-beloved Son, for the honor and glory of thy holy name, and for the salvation of all men. Holy Father, keep them in thy name, whom thou hast given me. Our Lord, ask Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre to repeat often the above prayer in union with him, for the protection of Holy Church and her priests. Eternal Father, look upon the divine heart of Jesus, which I offer thee, to receive the wine of thy justice, that it may be changed for us into the wine of mercy. Powerful heart of Mary, refuge of sinners, stay the arrows of divine justice. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael, pray for us. St. Martin, pray for us. St. Louis, pray for us. May the holy names of Jesus and of Mary and of Joseph be known, blessed and glorified throughout the whole world. Amen. The offering of the instruments of the Passion to the Father for the defeat of communists, Freemasons, and all revolutionary men. Eternal Father, I offer thee the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the instruments of his holy passion, that thou mayest put division in the camp of thy enemies, for as thy beloved Son hath said, a kingdom divided against itself shall fall. One can make this offering of the holy face for any intention. Our Lord said to Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre, nothing you ask in making this offering of the holy face will be refused to you. Let us continue with the Catholic Masculinity Series. This is part six. It was initially published on Thursday, January 2nd, 2020 by Mr. Kennedy Hall at the Fatima Center's website, Fatima.org. Following the model of St. Joseph, watchful defender of Christ. Every father has at one time or another Late awake in the early hours of the morning, worrying about his family. These worries may be financial, health-related, moral, spiritual, or even related to the safety of your family. In reality, most often, fathers worry about a combination of these things. Being a father is a lot like being a military general. We are tasked with a great responsibility that includes everything from assessing potential threats to maintaining the morale of those we have sworn to protect. In our society today, reasons to worry are everywhere. It is difficult to even take your children into a grocery store, as immoral magazine covers are displayed, right beside the register at the eye level of a child. In any case, fathers must keep watch if they are to defend their children, whatever the threat may be. Fortunately, we have a model to look to. The flight into Egypt. And after they were departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in sleep to Joseph, saying, Arise, and take the child and his mother, and fly into Egypt, and be there until I shall tell thee. For it will come to pass that Herod will seek the child to destroy him, who arose and took the child and his mother by night and retired into Egypt, and he was there until the death of Herod. Matthew 2, verses 13 and 14. 
The account of the Holy Family's escape from Herod and the slaughter of the Holy Innocents is commonly meditated upon as one of the seven sorrows of Mary. Very soon after the Nativity, Our Lady distinctly felt the sorrow she would experience by bringing Christ into the world. Alongside our Blessed Mother was St. Joseph. We see the urgency in the departure as Joseph took Jesus and Mary away by night. Traveling by night is not ideal, and a father would only lead his family away under the cover of darkness if the threat required such a bold and expedient response. Not only did Joseph take his newly established holy family away from their home, but he took them all the way to Egypt. The situation was so severe in Israel that the watchful defender of Christ had to take the king of the Jews to the principality of Pharaoh. How great the threat against Christ must have been for Joseph to take his family away from the world's only haven for the Jews to a pagan and hostile land. But is this not the world we all live in now? As fathers, are we not required to remain watchful as we navigate our families to the wasteland of a morally bankrupt civilization? Our current society is as much an anti-Christian wasteland as there has ever been. And don't forget, this was written before all of this so-called pandemic nonsense started in March of 2020. It's actually a hoax. There is, there is no pandemic. Continuing with the article, Mr. Hall says, In fact, it is as if our culture seeks to worship all the same demons which held sway in ancient Egypt. Our society worships sex, the natural sciences, athletes, celebrities, and politicians. Furthermore, we seek to medicate ourselves out of any redemptive suffering. We sacrifice our children at abortuaries to the gods of prosperity, and we euthanize the sick and elderly as libations to appease the gods of suffering and disease. We advocate for the naturalistic creation myth of the prophet Darwin. Schools look to the pantheon of physicists to tell us the meaning found in a meaningless cosmos. We have replaced the judges of Israel with the black-robed judges of the court. Legal matters are no longer beholden to the law of the Lord, but instead to the logic of Lucifer. We look not to God as master of morality, but to ourselves. Idolatry and the violation of the first three commandments, which govern man's relationship with God, have become socially institutionalized. Let us also remember what took place at the Vatican Gardens and inside St. Peter's itself with the Pachamama idolatry in October of 2019. Are we not reaping the bitter fruits of that idolatry in the world over the past two years? It gives one food for thought, doesn't it? Occultists are consulted to predict the future. Horoscopes are commonplace and things like Ouija boards, tarot cards, and seances have gained immense popularity. We have recaptured the worship of the sun and moon as lords that rule the day and night. Animals are given human rights as we exalt ourselves to the base nature of the common beast. The cult of the environment has confused people into a misplaced fear of hell. Many obsess over a slight rise in temperature, yet advocate for inhuman solutions which easily lead to an eternal place of unquenchable and unbearable heat. Our society is godless, Christless, and devoid of the Virgin Mary. Our culture is no longer Christian. Our culture is pagan. Fathers protect and guide in imitation of our Heavenly Father. The relationship which children form with their father serves as a natural foundation upon which they build their relationship with God the Father. 
When children do not see their father as good, loving, forgiving, protecting, selfless, or watching out for their best interests, it is that much more difficult for them to believe God the Father has these qualities. Yet, when children have strong and healthy relationships with their human fathers, it is far easier for them to believe that God the Father is all good, all merciful, and directs all things towards our salvation and growth in grace. There is a direct correlation between our society's descent into paganism and the great loss of Christian fatherhood. This is an excellent point. I'm going to say a word about this. I have an excellent relationship with my own dad. He always played with me. He always showed up for my practices and games, whether it was basketball or hockey or baseball. He was my hockey and baseball coach. Um, dad was always there for me. And it wasn't until I became an adult, really, and started working with young people that I realized that is not the case with other families whose dads are drug addicts or alcoholics or they're not even around. Some kids, unfortunately, don't even know who their fathers are nowadays. We need strong fathers. God bless strong fathers who are walking in the example of St. Joseph. Doing what you're supposed to do every single day without complaint and without looking for a blue ribbon or some sort of trophy for doing what's right. Just humbly following that example of St. Joseph, showing up day after day, doing what you're supposed to do as the provider, the protector, and the leader of your wife and children. Mr. Hall continues, As a sinless and perfect foster father, St. Joseph served the Christ child as the model par excellence of the perfect Heavenly Father. Let us beg St. Joseph's intercession for the grace to imitate him as exemplary fathers who strive to help our children form relationships of faith, hope, and charity with our Heavenly Father. Yeah, kids have a tough time seeing God as a loving father, which is exactly what they are. If their own father is an addict or was abusive or neglectful. Of course, you're still called to love your parents. The fourth commandment is honor thy father and thy mother. And even if you have a wayward dad, you still have to love him. But it's a lot more difficult to see God as a perfect loving father if your own biological dad is either beating you or neglecting you or in some other way isn't doing what he's supposed to do as a father. We need more St. Joseph's. I need to be like St. Joseph. All the men in the audience, you need to be like St. Joseph. Even if you're not a biological father, you're called to whatever role in life. If you're a single man, if you're a priest, religious, whatever the particular case might be, you're still called to a fatherhood of some sort. And St. Joseph is the example par excellence. Mr. Hall continues, Like St. Joseph, fathers are called to protect their families. Many men take seriously the need to physically protect their families, but spiritual protection is likewise the role of the father. In fact, it is even more important. When fathers are absent from their families, be it physically or excessively withdrawn or spiritually truant, 
there is a terrible void which leads to a host of temptations and opens the door to many evils. We men must take time to examine our conscience on these matters, consider how well how we can improve, and then develop a plan of action in which we persevere. That's an excellent point. We have a lot of dads in our society who've dropped out of the Catholic faith. Sadly, I know of many men who were baptized into the faith, confirmed into the faith, married in the Catholic Church. And they haven't darkened a church door in years. They don't go to Mass. They don't go to confession. They're not raising their kids in the faith. This is very bad, and it needs to change. And they might say, well, you know, I don't cheat on my wife. I pay my taxes. I go to work five days a week. What do I need religion for? We need religion because God says we do. And it's the appropriate way for worshiping our Lord in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. So if you're not taking your wife and kids to Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation, and if you're not praying with them every day, especially the Rosary, you're not doing what you ought to be doing. There are only Ten Commandments, and the third one talks about keeping the Sabbath holy. If you have time to watch football games or hockey games or basketball games or baseball games on Sunday, or you have time to go golfing on Sunday, but you don't have time to take your family to Mass, you're not being a good father. You're being a very bad father, actually. Our culture needs to wake up and get back to basics. Men need to start doing what they ought to do. Mr. Hall concludes by saying, for example, with regard to protecting our children, a few questions we men might ask ourselves are, what do I do on a daily and weekly basis to make sure I am physically and emotionally present to my children? Does this need improvement? How vigilant am I in keeping morally and spiritually harmful things out of my home? What concrete steps am I taking to protect the purity of my children? Am I aware of what my children are reading, watching, music they listen to, games they play? Do I know what my children are doing on the internet, social media, and smartphones? Am I limiting their use of technology to reasonable and healthy levels? How well do I know my children's friends? How am I leading my family in developing a life of prayer? The time for men to truly be men is long overdue. No longer can we sit back and watch the culture assault our families. It is not enough for us to take a passive approach to the threats that seek the ruin of our souls. Instead, we must form plans and set goals to help us be good fathers and pray for the grace to persevere in these resolutions. We must stand watch at all hours of the night and prepare to defend our kin the way St. Joseph defended our Lord and Our Lady. St. Joseph, watchful defender of Christ, pray for us. And taking a look at the footnote here, it says, Tradition holds that the soldiers sought Jesus among his relatives, including Zachary and Elizabeth. 
Elizabeth fled into the desert with the young John the Baptist, but Zachary gave his life in order for them to escape. Herod's soldiers murdered Zachary for refusing to reveal where Jesus and his own son were. We have to be willing to die for our families as men. And as the world has devolved into utter madness over the last two years, you're seeing people literally literally being locked up in places like Australia for opposing what the government is doing. And in Canada, it might as well be a fascist police state. The whole world is becoming a fascist police state. You know what the answer is, and so do I, the consecration. So let's keep praying our rosaries every day. Lent is fast approaching us. We need to fast from food, speaking to the men especially. Because when we fast from food, it keeps our appetites in check. Not only keeps gluttony in check, but also lust. Just that desire to give yourself pleasure, be it um, through consumption of food or a sexual release, they're connected. And of course, men must be chaste. And there's such a problem in our society. If you want to talk about a genuine pandemic, the pornography issue has gone a long way towards destroying our culture. The answer, Itheyad Yosef, go to Joseph. So keep praying the rosary every day. Keep doing the first Saturday's devotions. Fast from food during Lent. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm going to go on this colossal fast and I'm only going to drink water for weeks at a time or something like that. I was just watching a show today on Meaning of Catholic where Jeremiah Bannister and Timothy Flanders were talking about fasting. And Mr. Flanders said, if you've never fasted before, try to make it, you know, on Fridays during Lent. You're only going to have one meal and, you know, maybe a small snack or something in addition to that. And you build from there. And he talks about then you can get to the sins which are even worse than lust and gluttony. Namely pride, which is really the the root sin for everything else. But if you're starting off and fasting, you start off small and then build up because if you try to take too much on at once you end up crashing and burning Rome wasn't built in a day but with God's grace all things are possible and we can make small sacrifices with great love as St. Teresa of Calcutta says and those are very very pleasing to the Lord all right Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Let us conclude with a prayer to honor Our Lady of Fatima and a prayer to honor St. Joseph Oremos. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.
Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis, peccatoribus nunc, et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Prayer of St. Alphonsus Liguri for a happy death. St. Joseph, by that assistance which Jesus and Mary gave you at death, I beg you to protect me in a special way at the hour of my death, so that dying assisted by you, in the company of Jesus and Mary, I may go to thank you in heaven, and in your company sing God's praises for all eternity. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pernobis. Sancti Joseph Teradimonem, ora pernobis. Please share this podcast with everyone you know. Our Lady of Fatima loves you deeply and intimately. St. Joseph loves you, and our Lord Jesus Christ loves you so much that he literally died for you. If you were the only person who had ever existed in the history of the world, he would die just for you. Goodbye, and God love you.